Hello and welcome to the Connect and Rise podcast. I'm your host, Cody. And I'm your host, Reese. And we will be talking to you about all things health and wellness. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. Um, you're either listening to this on one of two uh, podcast channels. So my name's Reese, uh, and I'm from well, I'm one of the hosts for the Connect and Rise podcasts. And my name's Alex. I'm from the High Performance Path podcast. So as Reese said, you're either listening to this episode on one of two podcasts because this is going to be a little bit of a different format for myself and I think for you, Reese. Yeah, completely new. So. Um, we're sort of we're gonna we're gonna share the audio for this one um, and just sort of try and have an open discussion um, on a on a common topic. So, what's the topic we're going to talk about, mate? So, this episode's going to be around mental health. Yep, awesome. So, um, we're going to try and keep it specific to um, our experiences with mental health. Um, we both think it's a, a it's a really important topic, um, and I guess the 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 broad topic of mental health in general has sort of brought us together um, and we just want to have a you know an open discussion about it um, from my perspective I don't think it's you know two guys sitting down talking about mental health in general um, is not something that's you know spoken about too often um, and I think more needs to come of it so what an opportunity to yeah, do it definitely yeah I'm really excited about this we've had this plan for a little while now so I'm really excited we've actually started to um start this episode and yeah it's going to be really good yeah so i sure. know i know you're an advocate for mental health race yep. do you want to start um telling the listeners a little bit why that is maybe start with kind of maybe your experiences or a experience yeah yeah for sure so um i think growing up for me mental health was never like an awareness of mine like it was never sort of on the radar um for the majority of my life I'd say um and I got to be 20 21 years of age and, and had some experiences mostly through work my work at the time um which which sort of brought my awareness to mental health in general I guess prior to that um the focus for me all I guess all my attention was just drawn to physical health and not having an awareness of mental health and what it is and how we can be affected by mental ill health um so just briefly i was as i said it was about 20 21 years of age i did um some work in the mining industry yeah and took that job pretty soon after finishing school um and at the time um was a pretty you know sought after job i'd say um and i guess a big a big pull towards that industry is the money or the you know the perceived mm. um you know money that comes from that um so i took that um took that on and and did it for some time and got to a point where i just really wasn't enjoying it um at all and it was i sort of went through quite a bit of struggle um trying to keep myself in the role for some time and kind of got to a point where i thought no i can't do this for the rest of my life and and there was a lot that played into my um, decision to, to get out of that role at that time um, but I think right at the crux of that when I you know really put the hammer down and said no nah, this is it that was when mental health sort of became um, you know 
obvious to me or, or mental ill health and how and how like profoundly it can affect someone so I went through my own struggles in that time and you know have been through struggles since but I think that was sort of the the turning point for me the thing that put it on your radar like oh that this is this is something that's real 100 percent, 100 I'd, I'd only heard of it up until that point I've only heard of challenges with mental health up until that point in my life um, and then went through something myself and it really brought to light you know how much of a an issue it is um because it's not something that we can see um and it's only something that you know we experience and with that comes i think a lot of um additional you know stigma and challenges of how to get through tough times so um since then i've really pushed for it myself and pushed for advocacy around the topic because I think for men in particular, um, you know, we, we have additional challenges that we, we, we face um, with, you know, stereotyping and stigmas and masculinity and what masculinity is perceived to be. So, yeah, definitely. If I can, you know, position myself and use my experience to be able to like open the conversation up to others, um, I'm all about it. Yeah, so great. That's it in a nutshell for me. How about you, mate? What, what sort of put it on your radar? Yeah, so... For me, it was kind of along the same lines, similar experience. Um, after high school, I ended up joining the military. I was in the Air Force. And that's kind of, you know, I had a goal of joining, ended up getting getting the job that I kind of had as a goal. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of looked at as like, you know, a pretty... Um, proud job to to be like it's a well-respected job yep um but once i was doing that job and i kind of started to lose my passion for it i didn't really you know like i was about the same age i was, I was 19 when i joined yep um and i ended up staying for five years before i left now over those five years i mean from the ages of 19 to 24 a lot changes 100%. and I realized I'm not really passionate about this. This isn't really what I want to do. But before that, I, again, I, like yourself, I didn't really have any experience with mental health. Um, um, I, the only kind of health I had experience was like physical health. Yep. So, and the other thing about my, my role in the military, it was a male only role. Right. So, I only worked with males. Yep. And we're all kind of a similar, similar personality mm-hmm. because of the nature of the job. Yep. Um, and because it was an, a male-only environment, it was, it's kind of like, you know, you can, the best way I can kind of describe it is it's like a footy team, like the footy bus, mm-hmm. that sort of environment. A lot of alpha males. Yep. And a lot of people... You know, it's the way that society is is today. It's like it's like we've grown up as boys. That it's kind of, if you show emotion, it's kind of like a like weakness. A weakness, yeah. And it's just the way that society is. Yeah. And so, as as boys, and then growing into men, we've getting we've gotten very good mm. because we've practiced our whole life. Yeah at not showing emotions yeah because there's that kind of stigma around 
being manly yep. and not being kind of feminine and showing emotions. And having like the high paying job that, you know, is the provider um, and not, yeah, like you said, not showing weakness, just being that that tough guy all the time yep. that just gets in and gets it done. Yeah. yeah. So mental health wasn't really spoken about at all at work and not really among your friends or mates or anything because it just wasn't really spoken about Mm -hmm. um and so when i kind of was having like you know doubts about do i really want to do this job and i was just i just hated going to work yeah i just didn't enjoy it yeah and i was just not really sure like there was no one to really talk to about it Mm. and i think that situation is very common because of the way we've kind of grown up and the way that society is yeah. So that's kind of, you know, my experience with that. Um, my experience was much the same. Like, and I know the roles are different, but the mining industry, I think, has its commonalities in, like, it's it's male um, dominant. Yeah. Like roles, um, that's slowly changing, which I think is great. Um, but you know, at the time that I was going through, I was working mostly with guys. Um, you know, as you said, like before, I think the age bracket of 19 to 24, 25, which is what, you know, the age bracket that I was in at the time, you change so much as a person, you know, in that age bracket as it is, um, you like struggling, you know, to, to find out, you know, where you stand, what your role is, um, what do you stand for and who, who are you as a person? Um, and then you, you know, you throw in challenges of not enjoying something like your job, You've, your satisfaction is, you know, like minimal, if anything. Um, and you've got those those added barriers of not being able to like talk to people. Mm. And you don't feel as if you can go to someone. Um, it make, It's really tough. And it can, I think, easily put people in a, in a dark place where they feel they've got nowhere to go. Um, for me anyway, that I went through times where I felt like that. I, I had family to go to. Um, and obviously I was talking to family and, and trying to, you know, access supports the best way I knew how at the time. Um, but when I was at work, you know, I'd just be beside myself. I'd, I'd know hundred percent. This is not me. Um, you've got those <clears throat> perceived challenges, I think around at the time of what you spoke about before. It's like, you know, what's everyone else going to think of me if I throw this job in, you know, yeah. and I throw the towel in, um, you know, what, a what's my family going to think of me? You, mm. you kind of externalize and, and you start to, um, ramp up like the consequences of, 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 of throwing it in. Yeah. I think that's important because like you said, you got a job in the mines, it was probably paying pretty well yep. and you managed to get in at a young age, which was pretty, it's a pretty good situation. A lot of people uh, looking from the outside in would think, oh, he's on a pretty good path. Like he's, he's doing pretty well so far for himself. Yep. And so this can happen with family a lot. If you, if you are kind of having second thoughts and want to kind of leave that job, your family don't, they, they might look at that and think, no, he, he can't leave because a lot of people will die for this position. He might not be able to get back into that or whatever. And so they might encourage you to stay because they don't want to see you maybe leave and do another job where you're maybe not earning as much and maybe you regret it. Yep. So they're kind of 
they might do that as kind of a protection because they don't want to see you hurt. That's right. Which, but they might not. They, they may not understand um, the whole picture. And yeah. like similar in my situation, being in the military, in the air force, it's kind of like, well, do I want to leave? Yeah. Like any any because I know most of my family don't, wouldn't want me to leave. Yeah. And people are look looked looked at me like that's you know that's a good job you can you can spend your whole life you can build it like a good career in there yeah and i was well aware of that i was like i could just you know i'm pretty set if i just stay in here and do you know maybe maybe sidetrack to a different job yeah but you know i was kind of like it just you had in the end it's like it doesn't really matter what anyone else thinks no it's your happiness that's right is the main thing yeah yeah it's like everything that makes it worse in that moment or everything that kind of puts that doubt in your mind is like external in a sense it was for me anyway like i knew 100 in within myself that i needed to be out of that job yeah but it was made the decision um and the circumstances were made so much harder because of because of what others would have thought um so trying to move forward a little bit so once you made that decision to to discharge from the military Mm. um and get yourself out yeah what what could you i mean what did you learn from that looking back how did you feel once you'd made that decision well so it was about when I made that decision, that was about two and a half years ago. Yep. So in those two and a half years, mm-hmm. looking back at it now, yep. it was the best decision ever. Yep. Because, I mean, I've learned a lot since then. And like at, like at the time, I was like a big barrier was kind of not really talking to many people about it mm-hmm. and maybe talking to a few people, but most of the time was just in my head. Yeah. Thinking of like scenarios and coming up with plans and like, okay, this will be my plan. And then if that doesn't work, this will be another plan. Yeah. But it took longer than I, longer than it should have because mm-hmm. I didn't really seek my, uh, any help. Any help. Yeah. Um, but a big thing I've learned is I kind of learned this at the time. This kind of helped me make the decision, but no amount of money mm-hmm. is worth your mental health. 100%. So like I would, like it doesn't matter how much you earn, mm. if you're not happy yep. in your life or whatever, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how much you earn. No, and I think that's an issue when people are, are choosing careers or jobs. Yeah, the first thing they look at is how much money can I earn doing this job? Mm. How much money can I earn doing this job? Yeah, and then uh, after they look at the the salary, then they think, okay, these ones I'd be happy earning. Yeah, now let's dive more into the jobs which is not the right approach. No. People should be looking at what are the hours I'm going to be working doing this career yep. or like where am I going to have to live doing this? Can I get a job where I want to live mm-hmm. doing this kind of work? Yeah. Those are the things that people should be looking at yep. rather than going straight at how much am I going to earn doing this career or in you know this job or whatever. Yeah, 100%. That's a, a, what I've learned as well. Like... Um, is as you've just said like i think a lot of people look from the outside in when they when they're looking for a job so they mm. the outside what i mean by that is like they'll look at the salary um they'll look at like 
the lifestyle that they think they'll get from that. And then they go into the role, which then influences like the internal. So then influences how they feel about it. So as opposed to working the other way. So like trying to figure out what you, you know, what, what do you really stand for? Um, and what, um, what are you like, truly passionate about? And then trying to work to the outside to like, look what, you know, see what that might look like in a yeah. nine to five. Yeah, definitely. Um, I want, I've got some stats here I want to throw out yeah, before we it. kind of, before we move on. Yep. So first one, over 65,000 Australians make a suicide attempt. Hold on. I think I've read this wrong. It's all right. We'll, we'll roll with I'll it. I'll reread that. <laughs> over 65,000 Australians made a suicide attempt in 2018. Mm-hmm. Men die by suicide 3.56 times more often than females mm-hmm. in 2018. That's three and a half times as much. Yeah. That's... Yeah. That's crazy, right? That's crazy. Yeah. It's nuts. More than 3,000 Australians died by suicide in 2017. Suicide is the leading cause of death for Australians between... 15 and 44 years of age that's crazy leading cause of death yeah more than like motor accidents or anything yeah yeah that's crazy i i mean um yeah the statistics are absolutely bonkers and i think when we talk like more about when we talk specifically about um like suicide the rates are you know much much worse um for males um, for like, I think some of the reasons we've, we've touched on and spoken mm. about and that like macho culture and that like, you know, toughen up, toughen up mentality, um, that kind of just suppresses emotions. It's mm. um, like looked at as like showing emotions or feelings is looked at like, like, a, like it's weak or like kind of feminine Yeah, and males don't want to act feminine at all Yeah, and showing emotions is seen as feminine which is like we're all human we all experience the same emotions yeah yet for some reason males are just um are kind of grown up in Mm. this society that makes them not want to show emotions yeah it's just just from a young age that's built into them and through a whole lifetime of practicing that yeah it just stays with them throughout manhood and their whole life pretty much yeah that's it and i think like um we've talked we've spoken about work as a big example you know if if just based on our experiences as like a trigger for mental ill health Mm. and how like workplace cultures can like contribute negatively to that depending on where you are because i think that's what we've both experienced so that's yeah they're both of us had kind of similar experiences yeah um through work through work yeah and then but I mean, mental ill health can be triggered by, you know, a number of things. relationships. Exactly. You know, a- anything outside yeah, you know, of work. Like family tragedy, um, you know, if it's not processed properly, there's a whole bunch of things, mm. you know, that can trigger it for people. Um, but, <clears throat> you know, and, but I think for guys in particular, and when you talk about those statistics, um, work is a, is a big one. Um, because we've got that that culture of like we need to be the provider um we need to just you know roll into work 
at six or seven in the morning, you know, pulling a paycheck and do it again over and over and over. And, you know, I see it. I saw it when I was working in the mines. I'm sure you have seen it in the past and continue to see it now. Like, you know, you've got guys that, you know, like are miserable, you know, in their roles. And and this is this can apply to females as well, but I think it's like a, it's, you know, profoundly a problem for males. But you know that there's some issues going on there, but, you know, they just choose to suppress it and put that mask on. Definitely. As you've spoken they about. Feel, they'll, they feel trapped. Completely, yeah. And they, they just feel trapped. They don't know how to, you know, express their how they're feeling. And, and I think that can come across in in so many ways it could be you know it could be like behavior it could be violence it could be um like alcohol could be drugs it could you know and and i think it we express it in a number of ways or a lot of men do um to really like just mask you mm. know those deeper issues or escape or just escape from whatever everything yeah. if if you know if they're unhappy at at home or work or both yeah you abusing substances can you know provide an escape mm-hmm. when there seems to be no other real option yeah to escape that you know the anxiety or the stress or whatever 100 percent, yeah and i think for a lot of guys that that can just be a cycle that'll be ongoing and a lot of guys just live their lives like that um and a lot of people might live their lives like that you know it doesn't it doesn't have to be men but um i think for men in particular when things get to like crisis point when it comes to their mental health it's either you it's either you know it's just you can't see it coming and you know they'll they might you know just go out and get blind rotten drunk one night they'll pass out they'll overdose on drugs and and you know on the worst end of that they'll they'll suicide yeah i Um, think that's important actually a lot of the times i haven't like thankfully i haven't experienced any any close um people that i know that have um taken their own life but quite often you hear that it's just unexpected so they so quite often the signs and symptoms Mm. of poor mental health yeah there is none Mm. i think because i think that's because of what we spoke about before because we're so males are so good at hiding it yeah because they've kind of hidden it from their like their whole life they're good at hiding it yeah and i think that's why they're good at hiding the, the signs and symptoms so mm. that's kind of yeah there's usually you can't tell mm. from there's no yeah it's 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 i think really really hard to identify with um because guys in particular that express it through other means mm. that might not appear as an issue yeah you know um going back on that um uh, that trapped feeling yep i've seen this before and i know i know more than one occasion where this has been the case a lot of a lot of people can feel trapped yeah based off you know they've got mouths to feed they might have a family mm-hmm. so they can't just leave their job and be unemployed yep because they've got a mortgage to pay or they've got you know food they've got to put on the table so them leaving their job it's a much higher risk so a lot of the times that risk is like not worth the you know they might leave their job and they might get a job that doesn't pay as much and they're going to struggle and they might be in the same position yeah 
again unhappy but now mm. they're earning less yeah and so they're like well do i leave this job mm. you know is the grass greener on the other side it might not be yeah and also can i even get a job yeah you know mm. i think that's a trap that a lot of people are in Definitely. because as well if you you know it, yeah I, I i've seen that before people don't want to leave because yeah you know you got to pay the bills you got to put food on the table yeah and that's a that's a trap that is hard to escape you got to kind of weigh up the risks and like well mm. what are my options like, you struggle to like envision what your life's going to look like if you did make that decision and mm. then you know that can also add to like the anxiety and the anxiety <laughs> and, the, and the fear of doing that yeah did you in your experience did you have did you have that in any sort of way and then obviously you've made the decision and you made some changes what was it like looking back? Did so it work? I actually identified that my situation, because I, I saw this, people that were 10, 15 years older than me in my job yep. that also wanted to leave. Yep. There was It was a common thing. There was a lot of people doing the same role I was doing that wanted to leave. Yep. But a lot of them were in that same trap. Yeah. And I was thinking, well... I don't have a partner. I don't have a mortgage. I don't have kids. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to leave and be unemployed, I'm going to do it. I'm going to have to do it now while I'm young and I don't have to support anyone. So that kind of, that was one of the reasons I made the decision I made. If like, if I, I could have just stalled on the decision and done another five years, yeah. but then I'm, you know, who, who knows? I might be in a different position then and not be able to leave. And then I might be in that trap. Yeah. So I kind of thought, if I'm going to be unemployed, mm. I've, I've got to do it now while I'm young yep. and, you know, can live cheap and don't have to pay a mortgage. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think um, in the people that I've spoken to, like just in passing on this topic, like the first bit of advice that I'll, that I'll give, like particularly if the person, as you said, is young doesn't have a mortgage don't have kids don't have they're not tied down by by other you know commitments and responsibilities i just encourage them to make change like sooner rather than later because Mm. as you said like you see so many people get stuck in the trap um and you know it doesn't make it impossible to make change but it makes it harder and there's more that that has to go into it because you know it's realistic that people you know have houses to pay off have kids to feed and have to put you know food on the table so um you know if you're if you're young um like just do it you know if it doesn't feel right make some changes while you can and try and find that thing that you know really gets you going and you know and motivates you to want to get up in the morning um that's you know that's i think the best advice that i can provide based on my own experience so Mm. yeah i think what's also what's related to that that kind of trap is the getting a job and then getting a promotion Mm -hmm. and then maybe stepping up and slowly over the years slowly starting to earn more and more yeah and what happens you're you start to spend more yeah you just match it yeah and then if you're not careful you end up just the more you earn the more you spend it's, that's a really common trap yeah. in society today mm. and then what happens if you're going to leave that job mm. you know you've got this 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 car loan that you've got to pay and mm. you've got you might have moved to closer into town yeah and you might have started going out for breakfast every weekend and you might eat out once or twice a week yeah 
these things that you couldn't afford before, but now you can. These are just your regular, normal, this is just your weekly routine. Yep. You're going to have to give those things up, which yep. a lot of people f- look at that and think, how did I used to live on what I was on at uni? Yeah. Like, it's possible because yeah. you did it when you're at uni. Yeah. Or, you know, so it is possible, but you just get accustomed to your kind of, you move to a more expensive place, you end up paying more rent and yep. you, you end up going out more that trap and because you just slowly increase what you're spending mm. you get used to it yeah and so living without it seems like oh there's no way i could not do that or not have this or not have that that is a difficult thing to do to go backwards to yeah. start to earn less yeah um, do you think it's a difficult thing to do or do you think it's a difficult thing to um comprehend like when you're before you've made that decision because i think like for me, it's it's hard to imagine how you could step take a step back and like, you know, like you said, um, live on less income to what you are because as we earn more, we start to spend more. Mm. But for, like there's been times in my life where I've, I've earned, I've earned like, you know, let's say, we'll, we'll say um, yeah, $1,000 a week just to make it simple. I might have dropped back into a job for uni purposes Um or other commitment purposes where I've dropped down to like $600 a week, for example. Um, and when I, when I was earning that thousand dollars a week, I'm thinking, how could I potentially, you know, like, you know, how could I earn $400 less a week and, and survive and some, and somehow you make it work. You make it work. You just absolutely make it work. And then, you know, you'll, you'll get a promotion or you'll take another job and you'll be back up to that thousand dollars or, you know, even more. Um, and then you can't comprehend how you lived on six hundred dollars a week. It's it's nuts. I think it's um, I think it puts it into, it puts it into perspective how um, how much you take things for granted when you all of a sudden say have a car with whatever electric windows, aircon, and then you go, you end up driving a car with no aircon. Yep. It's like. The worst thing ever. It's like I can't believe I took aircon for granted. Yeah, this is horrible. Yeah, but like it's if you're used to that, you're used to it, and yeah. you get you just take things for granted. So when you actually, when you do have to drop back your expenses, mm. you you're then grateful for the things that you miss. Hundred percent. And then once you do end up getting back up and getting those things again that you used to have, you you don't take it for granted anymore. Yeah, because you've experienced it, and then you've lost it, and then you you've experienced it again. So that kind of is all part of growing mm. and learning from you know mistakes and experiences and mm-hmm. you know if like if you're worried about you know going backwards like leaving a job and moving backwards it could be the best thing you've ever done yeah because you learn from those experiences yeah completely you learn from all that yeah 100 percent. i couldn't agree more you, you you take a step backwards in terms of income but you t- I think you take a massive step forward in, as you said, what you're grateful for and, mm. and what you appreciate going forward and you become, you know, you become a better person for it. Mm. That's um, actually what my tattoo behind my ear means. Is it? So, so it's an arrow for you guys listening who can't see it. Yeah. It's an arrow. And what that means is for an arrow to be shot forward, it's got to be pulled back. Yeah. So you've got to take a few steps backward yep. to then take steps forward. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah, that's it's awesome. It's a great like metaphor, and I think like it applies to what we're talking about. Also, to, like applies to so many other things. 
um, in life you've got to you know experience the lesser to be able to like really appreciate and be grateful for when times are good mm. um, alright I want to talk quickly um, I want to talk what quickly what time are we at I can't see the time by the we're way we're just over 30 minutes cool so we're going we're going alright for time I just want to talk really quickly about um, looking after yourself to mm. better look after others um, because I think there's a lot of people out there that give good advice but don't um, or, or have good intentions to give good advice but aren't necessarily looking after themselves. Um, so in terms of mental health, um, I mean, my take on this is to, like, I'm not going to say to someone, you know, you need to work on yourself or you need to do this, this and this to better your mental health. I need to do it myself. Um, and then from my experiences, I think I can, like, be more informed to help others. Um, what are your what are your thoughts? Are you yeah. sort of on the same page? Yeah, definitely. I um, I can't remember if this is a quote or something, but I have like uh, kind of a, a line in my head that I that I come back to every now and then, and it goes something like in before before you help others, you have to help yourself. Yeah, because if you if if you're not healthy and if you're not kind of um, mentally um, like if your judgment is kind of cloudy and foggy and you don't have motivation, yep. how can you help others if you can't help yourself? Yeah. But if you focus on yourself and help yourself, then you will have the energy and the motivation to then help others. Yeah. So if if you if you are someone who truly wants to help others mm-hmm. and that's just your calling, that's your passion. Yeah help yourself first yeah. because you have to be healthy and you have to be, um, you need to be, I think you need to have energy to help yourself before you help others. Cause if you don't have any energy yourself, yeah. you have nothing to give to others. You can't help others. Or if you're, if you're giving all your energy to other people and leaving nothing for yourself, yeah. then that's the wrong approach. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, since, and the, the listeners, um, of, the Connect and Rise podcast will know this, but I'm like working as a, a qualified occupational therapist at the moment um, and, you know, finished uni and I've been out working for a couple of years and um, I've recently just run a, a self-care, like mental health management workshop um, for therapists at work. Um, and the analogy or the metaphor that I use is, and it relates to what you've just spoken about is we've only got so much in our cup to give each and every day and like especially in healthcare and regardless of where you are but i think particularly when you're working with you know vulnerable populations um where they're relying on you you're like you're pouring so much of you know that water in in your own cup out each day in in the work that you're doing um and giving 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 to others and if you don't replenish that cup and do things that fill your cup you've got nothing left to give like you can't pour from an empty cup Mm, i like that um and then the ways that you know we can fill our cup is um you know there's there's so many different ways but i mean for the purposes of the presentation i broke it down into into physical forms of self-care um spiritual uh, emotional and um and we and workplace related practices that we can implement and i mean there's more there's more to that um 
and you know we've we, I think we've both done episodes you know that people can draw on to like you know take in practices that they can mm. do to fill their own cup yeah um, but I think it's a, a good way of looking at it you need to be some might think it's selfish in looking after yourself and taking time to yourself but I think when it particularly when it comes to mental health um, you know look after your own backyard before you you know look at someone else's so yeah definitely that's a good message yeah um do we want to talk briefly about social media or we're gonna that that could be a whole nother kettle of fish it could yeah do you want to let's talk let's just talk about where people can find out information and stuff i don't i don't know too much about these but i know there's the black dog institute yep um do you know any others yeah, so Black Dog Institute and Beyond Blue are the two are the two big um, yeah. online like support networks that people or anyone can go to, mm. and both have um, free like um, support and access over the phone. So there's there's hotlines there that you can contact if you need someone to talk to. Yeah, um, and particularly if you're in crisis, um, they're the two big ones and Lifeline. Yep. as well sorry i've just forgotten that so lifeline black dog institute and beyond blue um like friends and family i think shouldn't be like underestimated and undervalued in, in in how much they can offer um look to your friends that you know you can truly you know can confide in i think um and feel open to like opening up in mm-hmm. front of you they're more than, like friends and family are usually more than happy to talk about this stuff but it's just they won't reach out first mm. because quite often it's not like we spoke about before. Yeah. You can't, you don't know when someone's, mm. you know, the signs and symptoms don't show at yeah. all. So they're not going to reach out first, but they're quite happy to talk about this stuff. Yeah. Usually, you know, like families and friends and family just all, always want the best for, for you. So I think they're a great support network, but I think for people that, you know, are doing it tough and, and find the courage to, to reach out and talk to someone it's okay to talk to like a third party it's okay just to you know to go to someone like lifeline or or go and see a counselor and go and see someone completely external because sometimes that can be you know i think therapeutic Mm. um in those like initial stages and on just on top of that yep if anyone listening wants to just reach out and have a coffee reach out to me yep however however facebook instagram whatever Mm catch up because i know those those um the phone calls are good yep. and they're awesome they should be your first you know go to first go to but at the end of the phone call you're still there mm. alone yeah so if you want to see someone face to face and just catch up have a chat yeah you know mm. yeah i 100 percent, like being face to face with someone um i think is has its like own benefits and just on that too if someone has the courage and the vulnerability to reach out to you and ask for help wants to catch up for a coffee wants to have a chat over the phone do them do the right thing and check in Mm. don't just leave it Mm. they could be a complete stranger um and it could be just a once or twice off that you know they have coffee or they have that conversation um you know do the right thing and, and just check in with them because they've had the decency and you know they've they've had the the trust in you that you know you're going to be you're going to give them that safe space mm. so i think it's it's nice to you know do that back in a sense um and the other one just really quickly is eap that i think a lot of people would not 
Oh yeah, that's right. Be aware of. Can you explain what that is? Yeah, so EAP is uh, stands for the Employee Assistance Program. Yep. And I'm, I'm saying this to you, I'm not sure if it's mandatory across all business, um, but most like medium to large employers will have what's called EAP. Um, each employer goes through a different provider, so but they offer EAP. So it's five or six um, employer-funded counselling uh, or psychology sessions um, that all all employees are entitled to access. Some employers uh, promote it more than others. Um, I, my employer at the moment promotes it quite a lot um, yep. and makes it widely known to all employees that they have access to this as part of their employment. Um, if you're doing it tough financially or you don't, you know, you don't have that extra cash there to go and, you know, spend, um, on a psychologist or an external support, if you feel you need that EAP is like a really, really good like option and avenue to access. Um, and it, it's your rights, you know, as an employer to access that. So speak up and ask the question if it's not promoted because it, it is offered at most workplaces. Mm, so check out if that is offered at your workplace. I think it is at mine at, uh, at the council. I'm yeah. pretty sure it is. It should, should be, I yeah. think there's something in there as well. I don't know too much about it, Yeah, but I think there's a leave donation. Yeah. So if you're a part of the program, you can donate leave and that leave can be given to people who kind of need it, who don't have leave, Yeah. Okay. who just, who need leave for whatever reason so they have that in place at the council yeah i'm pretty sure that's, that's what cool. it is i'll yeah. have to look into it more though but yeah. yeah that's awesome yeah that's a good incentive because it's like people looking after each other mm. you know um no, that's awesome guys um i think that pretty well wraps it up for today yeah let's wrap it up there yeah cool um i mean it's it's been heap awesome to have this chat with you like we said at the start like it's not i don't think the conversation around mental health is had enough Mm. Um, and I think for this episode anyway, we've like spoken broadly yeah. about it yeah. and just touched on our experiences and why, you know, we advocate for it. Um, but this, I think there's so much more that we could talk about specific to, you know, men, Yeah. for example. Um, and I think we'll look at doing that as like another episode and yeah, potentially in the future. Well, yeah. You had a good suggestion when we organized this to get a, a table, um, of other guys oh yeah together so yep. i, think I did actually be... there's a couple other guys in the newcastle area that i know of um that are all about this as well so if you think that's you reach out to us and we can maybe organize something for another episode or another discussion um maybe on a we'll be able to sort something out yeah like that that'd be but, great um, yeah maybe a bigger maybe a few more people yeah to have kind of a discussion on whatever yep. this topic or more specifically men yeah um but yeah cool awesome um you'll be uploading this onto your podcast channel so the yep. listeners will know where to find you yeah um and obviously this will be up on the connect and rise podcast so guys if you enjoyed the episode um as alex said before like shoot us a message get in touch and let us know what you thought about it mm. and if you're here from the high performance path podcast check out the connect and rise podcast Likewise, get onto it. It's got Sweet. some good stuff. All right, guys. Well, um, thanks for listening, and um, we'll see you soon with the next episode. Peace.